Hi friends, welcome to the Truth Applied Podcast. My name is Rebecca Ann Perkins. I am a full-time Christian speaker, Bible teacher, and master life coach. This podcast has undergone a few name changes, but if you know me, you know my mission has not changed. For more than 10 years, I've been following the call to help you understand the truth, which means good biblical theology, and apply that truth to your everyday life. We use a bit of life coaching, a bit of counseling, real stories, deep vulnerability, to make truth move from your head to your heart, to make it impact your life. In this day and age where culture is pulling us in a thousand directions and giving us a thousand empty promises, where self-help and self-reliance and self-worship are on the rise, we are a community of women who know better. We know that Jesus is still the way, the truth, and the life. But life is hard, and we've got some lies we believe and some hurts we need to heal from. So that's what we're here to do. I am your place where every Monday you can bank on getting truth and really practical truth at that. Thank you so much for being here today. I love God. I love depth. I love you. Let's get to the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Um, I am back with an interview. I can't believe the way that God keeps connecting me with people all over the nation um, who are, are just really passionate about the kingdom and talented in what they do. I mean, the people that I keep meeting and having conversations with um, are amazing. And today I have a guest with me named Shiraz, uh, who we are literally like we're, we're chatting right before um, I hit record. And then we're like, let's just hit record because this is getting good already. Um, so we're going to see where the Lord takes us today. But honor to have you on the show. Welcome to the show. Well, I appreciate that, uh, Rebecca. Can I tell you that um, very rarely living up uh, just outside of Toronto do we get the opportunity to meet people from Boise. But I can tell the boys <laughs> I know somebody from Boise now. This is awesome. A pleasure to meet you and hang out. Yes, there's actually people up here in Idaho and we're pretty normal. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, such a pleasure to meet you. Okay, so um, we were kind of talking about your primary, I would say, mode of ministry right now. Um, you have an organization that you started called the Christian Business Harvest Network. And mm. I, I was just kind of asking you about it, where it came from, what, what does it do? And I don't think we're going to talk about this, you know, the whole time. I think we're going to go wherever God takes us. But um, can you just re-explain to everybody really quick uh, what yeah, that ministry uh, is? Absolutely. So let's rewind. Uh, March 2020. The world kind of shut down, right? Mm -hmm. uh, no answers. Nobody really uh, prophesied that this will happen, right? Like everyone was kind of caught caught off guard, right? And and uh, a buddy of mine calls me up. He's a mortgage broker. It's Shiraz. No movement, man. Like it's mm -hmm. not that the you know, economy shut down, but nobody's doing anything. Nobody's buying and selling properties. So I haven't made a dime in weeks. And when you're 100% commission, that's that's walking on water. People who get paychecks, okay, good. I'm glad you get a paycheck. But people who are out there on 100% commission, it's a different level of faith that you have to infuse into your daily life, right? The concept of work. Yes. And then and then and then you come home and there's babies and and, and spouses. Now what are you gonna do, right? Mm. And he's, uh, we prayed, and we, we we prayed on a regular. In the next four weeks. He went out and made more money in that four weeks, that four week period than he had ed ever in any four week period in the previous 10 years. Wow. And a few weeks later, we're jumping on a call on a Thursday night as usual. And there's uh, three or four other people on the call. Mm -hmm. And let's say, hey, this is my friend that I was talking about. Les is uh, my buddy, the, the uh, mortgage broker. And he says, uh, hey, this is uh, Shiraz, the guy I was talking about. One of them chirps up. He says, hey, Shiraz. Ah, can you pray for us the way that you prayed for Les? <laughs> and I was so offended. Rebecca, I was so bothered. Mm. I was like, hmm. I was like, dude, what do you think this is? Do you, like, do you think I got some secret sauce? Do you think I got like some snake oil, some mojo? No, 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 no. I... What I can do is show you what I prayed in the word mm. and teach you how to do this for yourself. Because yeah. I am not your answer. But let me point you to the one who is through right. the word 
Right. And then Matt, every Thursday, they kept on coming on this call. We kept on getting in the word. We kept on getting in the word. We kept on challenging each other to get the most out of this life that God has blessed us with, right? They, 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 this concept of explore more of what's in your core. Don't leave it unattended, right? Yeah. You can't leave it dormant, right? They, to me, lukewarm, we talked about that concept of lukewarm, but what if there's lukewarm potential or capacity within you? Let's boil it. Let's turn up the heat on it and let's get it going and get on with it. And that's what has birthed CBHN. And we're so fortunate to be able to be a part of so many people's journeys so yeah. they can too experience the fullness of God. Yes. So you have uh, people who are just in the marketplace or in education or business owners, but they're all mm -hmm. getting together and uh, you guys are praying, committing, asking God to bless, learning how to what, make money? Like what's the, it's, if it, Martin Luther King had this uh, speech about if you're the best sweet street sweeper, be the best street sweeper. If you're the best accountant, if you're the best lawyer, mm -hmm. there's this concept of faith at work where we thought it was about evangelizing the workplace, which is good. I'm so fortunate, Rebecca, to be a part of so many people's salvation moments. It's really fortunate to, you know, just to be a yeah. tool in those moments, but I've always found that, uh, you know, I've pastored at a couple of different churches. I've been a business leader in the corporate setting, and I always found this difference. If I want to, if I just sense like a tug on my heart to speak to that person, I have to invite them to church on a Sunday. So they have to break out of their rhythm, right? Wake up early, perhaps, and, and <laughs> maybe must have miss a football game, God forbid, right? And they're going to have to make their way to my pulpit. Uh -huh. And that's when God began to say, hey, uh -huh. the reason why I need you to be the best sales leader, I'll, I'll, I'll follow that up and back that up with re record setting performances. You go some, but you work at this and be the best because they will come to your desk. And sure enough, mm -hmm. people come to my desk all the time in, in those okay. years, right? They're like, hey, Shiraz, uh, how do you get such good results? How do you get such good results? Yes. My response is always this, Rebecca. It's um, God really likes me. And it freaks people out, right? Oh, it's gonna be one of two responses, <laughs> right? One two is like, okay, see you later, or lean in with curiosity. What yeah. do you mean? Yeah. I tell you what, won't we just hang out the Starbucks uh, later today, and and we'll chat? And that set up so many conversations for me, Rebecca. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it wasn't me evangelizing; it was mm -hmm. kings will come to the brightness of your dawn. Mm -hmm. And people were seeing there's a glory on my life. There's an anointing. Like they don't know the word glory. They don't know the word anointing. Right. Right. In Canada. See, it, if you're in the States, if you say God, people will default the concept of God to the God of the Bible. Okay. In Canada, we're not a Christian country. We're okay. not. Okay. If you say God, they're going to be like, right. You mean Allah or mm -hmm. do you, is it the Hindu God, the Sikh God? Like we mean God. God. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like there isn't a, there isn't a default God. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then I have to explain why I'm Christian and my name, Shiraz Sadiq. You think people are going to think that I'm Christian? Not yeah. a chance. Right. So they'll <laughs> default it to a different religion. So I just had yeah. the opportunity to be in the workplace, meeting so many people at a place where they're breaking for more of God in their life and mm -hmm. being able to serve them. Not because I handed out a track and evangelized just because they respected the greatness of the work that I was producing. So that's what we try to do on a CBHN night. We try to elevate. We do skill set sessions. We talk about marketing. We talk about sales. We talk about accounting. All these elements that are great for businesses in your and your career development, right? Uh, and how to be the best version of who you are in your place of work. Mm. So you had to have gone through that journey for yourself, though. I mean, like, <laughs> were you always um, unapologetic about the gifts or skills that God has given you? Were you always uh, felt confident in the fact that like, sure, God can do this stuff through me. I mean, what's that, what's that journey been like for you? Because if you're inspiring other people to be that way, um, I'm assuming, you know, it's coming out of you naturally and it is here and now. Um, so talk to me about like what got you there personally. Folks, this is why Rebecca's in that seat asking these great questions, because that's an awesome question. <laughs> here's here here's the reality. Um uh one word. I know I was completely arrogant. 
I knew I had the goods. I like early on, I knew I was good. I can communicate. I could, you know, that whole thing about you can sell ice to anyone, right? Like, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm good. I'm yeah. smooth. I can do it. But there was such an arrogance that came with it that God had to just, hey, yeah. wait a second. Let, let's let, let's approach this a different way. I was like Joseph saying, hey, my brothers bow down to me because you got to recognize you're in the presence mm -hmm. of greatness. The mm -hmm. same way Joseph did with his brothers, right? Like I had, I am the chosen one. And yeah. I walked around because I knew I was good and I got great results. So yeah, I walked around with a measure of arrogance that put people off. Now, now to a Christian, when you were still kind of dealing, like were you saved young and you were just kind of walking in this arrogance that God later convicted you of? Okay. Yep. And how did he and, humble Well, it, 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 it See, you can bury the greatness of your productivity because of poor character. And so it's not enough to just have great results that people, you know, kings will uh, mention earlier, kings will come to the brightness of your dawn in Isaiah, right? It, 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 it's, um, mm. wait, but your character was horrible, Shiraz. And so there is that uh, duality that exists in how we are and what we produce. Mm -hmm. And so... I think that's one of the other thematics that we have on a CBHM Thursday night is just building up our character for that spiritual reset while we're building up our skill set. Yes, that's so good. Okay, so I definitely, um, I would say come from kind of the same side as you, which is not insecure. <laughs> I was I I come from a home where I was. Uh, um, I would say overly maybe encouraged or some of those kind of things, pride, overly confident, um, which I think in some ways serves communicators like us well. I mean, it takes a little bit of overconfidence to get on stage the first time, right? <laughs> um, but I wonder what you think about this question. Do you think it's, I don't know that one's easier than the other, because I think in one way they're both sin, like like being highly insecure or self-conscious is kind of the other side of the coin of being prideful. Um, but I tend to deal with women who tend to be more on the, I'm just insecure. Like there's no way God could use me in this big way. There's no way I'm enough. There's no way that, you know, they, they tend to be more of that mindset. Like I said, I don't, I don't really come from that mindset, but, but God has really had to humble me over the years as well. Do you think it's easier to get a, a person who's self-conscious to believe in God's power and love in them? Or do, or is it uh, easier to take a prideful person and, and make them realize that they are nothing without God? Do you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. And that dichotomy to, and, and you know, to, to delineate the, the differences is easy, but to benefit from, whatever side you land on is the real key. So uh, I married somebody. Uh, if you haven't noticed, folks, I'm not shy. I, I, I'm loud a little bit. I'm out there. My wife, she's quiet. Mm. And thankfully, she thinks before she speaks. Sometimes I'm, I'm like, what did I just say? Did I just, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And, yeah. and so we got two girls, 19 and 21. That's another reason why I was excited to to join just the thematic of your audience being uh, predominantly female. It's like, hey, that's uh, it's who I live with. So I see all these experiences. My daughters are 19 and 21. I got one. She's like me. The younger one is like me. Okay. Brash, aggressive. She's out there. She's in your face. Like she's the other one. Thankfully, my wife got one. Okay. <laughs> uh, thankfully, they both look like her. So that's that's even the better part. That's even the better part. But uh, mm -hmm. as they're both growing up, mm -hmm. uh, we used to hear them begin to say this. Uh, when maybe, I don't know, maybe like seven, eight, nine. Rebecca, this is what they would say. They would say, that's not fair. Mm -hmm. My sister did. That's not fair. She went first. That's a And out of frustration one day, and it changed the way that we parent. Out of frustration, I was like, who told you this life was fair? Yeah. And we began in that moment from a parenting perspective, nurturing the older one who's more reserved like my wife in a very different way than the younger one. Mm. And when you ask the question, what's easier or more difficult? I think it's more about embracing the skin you're in. Mm. And if you're more naturally 
you know, because you can't have a front of a stage if there's nobody back of the stage. Right, right, and right. the ability to work with all types and embrace people because not everybody should be on the stage. But at the same hand, don't trust me to be backstage because I'm going to get distracted by something and something's not going to work then. Like the curtains need to go up. Where's Shiraz? Ah, where is he? Don't put me backstage because I don't get like details. I get lost in them. I'm like, ah, I don't want details. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I think the beauty is in not one becoming the other, right. but embracing your unique position that God sent you to the planet and therefore to do. And, and I think that's where the skill is. It is it is being who God made you to be and finding the beauty in that. Yeah, and not just the skill, but but honestly the humility. Okay. Like like I think it's humble both to say that's not my gift, right? That's humble oh. because some gifts are more oh, okay. um I guess praised by the world than others. And I think it's also humble to say, but this one is my gift. Like, like I work with in my, my coaching clients a lot on things like confidence, like healthy biblical confidence. And something that I'm always talking to them about is that like, it's actually really humble to receive anything that God has given you. That's not prideful. Wow. If he's given you wow. a skill of X, Y, and Z, and you're going, no, God, I don't deserve it. That's, that's not humble. That's you telling God that you know better than him. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> For years, I ha I've had the hardest time receiving a compliment. And when mm -hmm. God pointed that out to me as pride, I didn't get it. I thought it was, I'm being humble, but no, no it's exactly what you just said. It's right, exactly yeah. <laughs> what you just said. It's like people yeah. are celebrating because they're seeing yeah. what you, what God has done in and through your life. They're celebrating it. Oh, no, 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 no. It's a no, no, no shut up. It's okay. Receive. This is God affirming you. There's nobody in my life affirming me. Maybe they are, but you have a hard time letting it land. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Including God himself, who's constantly encouraging us and affirming us. Mm -hmm. And you're not, and a lot of people aren't letting it land because it, it almost feels too good. I think to be true to some people. Um, but, but I, I hear you, I get you. I mean, I feel this like, but, but don't you understand that when we let this stuff in you guys, all it does is make us brighter for the kingdom. All it does is draw more people to him because we're living so differently than the people around us. Right. Um, I mean, people need to notice that Christians are different. And we're, if we're walking around anxious, depressed, insecure, quiet, withdrawn. If we're walking around looking just like everybody in the world, hmm. nobody's going to ask about the hope that we have. So I'll frame it another way, right? Mm -hmm. I'll frame it another way. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, as you're watching this, I think we can all agree that Rebecca has like impeccable hair. <laughs> right her hair's got to go on she's got that little thing in and it's flowy and it's got a color and she's yeah right and 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 you by the way did you know she didn't say oh stop no no no. she let that land look there's another example of just letting it land i was like yeah it looks pretty good right now <laughs> <laughs> good right assure assurity assurity security and isn't that kind of what god wants us to be is secure and assured yeah. that's, that's different than being cocky and arrogant but anyways uh back to focus the point is my my, my younger daughter has straight hair mm -hmm. the old i'm sorry the younger one has curly hair yeah. the older one has straight hair Guess what the one who has straight hair always wants? The curly, curly hair. hair. Right. And the curly hair one is always buying products to straighten her straighten hair. hair. Right. Man, uh, for years, our hair product budget was incredibly high. If it wasn't, <laughs> I, 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 I know what a diffuser is. Okay. <laughs> you put a little attachment and you, yeah, we got like every single gadget and gadget upstairs to do this and, and, and to do that. And, 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 you know, it's, I've always seen this. People with straight hair want curly hair. People yeah. with curly hair want yeah. straight hair. And, and, and there's something in that uh, about embracing who you are yes. in it. Because it is so amazing. Here's the reality. We can only be who God made us to be anyways. It's and the so years cool. that we spend faking the funk anyways, I don't know what the point is. I don't know. Like I don't know what we're really going to get out of that. Yeah. And I don't know how this fits in really. I'm just going to throw it in there. But 
for me, so much of my life and my story was singleness, you know, that I didn't really want. I didn't get married till I was 38, 39. I was 39 when I got married two years ago. And there came a point like late twenties and then over and over again in like early thirties, even mid thirties where I had to keep laying down the, I want married marriage and children and embrace singleness, right? This is what God has given me because God is good. There must be something good in this for me. There must be some beauty in this for me. There must be purpose in this for me. And every time, and I had to lay it down over and over and over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> but every time I would lay it down, um, there would be an enormous or like a, another measure of blessing that came with just embracing what God had given me, which was different than what he had given other people. Very different than what he had given other people. But I'm like, okay, because I believe that you're good, like you're always good. Please show me what's good about this. What could possibly be good about the fact that I'm 31 and I'm still not married and I don't have kids and there's like nobody on the horizon. What could possibly be good about this? And he would always show me that there was something perfect about it for me. The uh, youth pastor a few years ago at a couple of different churches, uh, kids kind of stick with you when you when you when you invest in their lives so now we had this cohort in their mid-20s and late 20s uh still uh, many of them in our lives because when you invest and you connect they, they just become yours and questions that my wife and i would get all the time is like and jokingly and maybe not jokingly both ways the question would be this what's better what's a better life single life and or, or married life mm -hmm. right like What's better, single life or married life? Immediately, my response, oh, easy. The best life is the single life when you're single. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The best life is mm -hmm. the married life when you're married. Mm -hmm. You'll meet so many people who are married wishing they were single and so many single people wishing that they were married, but why not embrace right here, right now, and what God has you in instead of wasting time for a future forward state that will come to pass, mm -hmm. but we want our finger on the fast forward button. Mm -hmm. Like there are so many married people that I know that like, man, if I was single X, Y, Z, it's not that they want divorce. It's not that they want out of their life. It's just they they feel like, hey, my life when I was single, well, then why didn't you do it when you were single? Because yeah. you were so busy yeah. putting out smoke signals to catch your next Right. to catch your spouse that you forgot how to embrace the moment. Right. And so I love what you're saying is like, Hey, 31, 28, 38, wait, wait a second. Wait, who's Jeff? Wait, 39, <laughs> wait, 40. And, 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 and it unfolds. And, mm. and I think all of us have these things where we look back, man, if I had known I would have done. Right. Well, you don't know what tomorrow is, but you do know what today is. Embrace it. The, in, in the book that we wrote, uh, one of my favorite chapters is uh, uh, Embrace the Grace. And, mm. and the whole concept in this chapter is simply uh, we're all called to run our own race. God gives us grace for our race, but it's up to us to embrace the grace for our race because mm -hmm. it's there grace is present god you know it's there but will mm -hmm. you lay hold of it to live in your race mm -hmm. and run it to the best of your ability where we can't unless we embrace his grace how, so just, and I how think does you, one do that how does one embrace grace yeah so uh, i think it starts with identifying your race what do you need grace for well you need grace for your race okay well how do you embrace grace if you don't know what race you're running Okay, well, if you were to step back and try to identify your purpose, then that changes things, mm. right? Like, we're all going to have that moment where there's a judgment day scene, whether it's, um, my apologies, you know, that judgment day scene where, it, it, you know, what is that going to look like? We're going to stand before God and we all have this sense like, okay, I'm going to lift my 78 years up. You look more healthier than me, Rebecca. You're 92 years and you're going <laughs> to drop it in front of God. 
Okay, you're going to drop in front of God and, and you're going to say, God, judge me. Here we go. Let's go. I lived on the planet. I spent time in California and Boise. And then eventually you moved up to Canada. No, don't do it. Same Boise. Uh, and, and you're going to you're gonna say, God, judge, judge me. And I never thought it was reasonable for God to judge me the same way he does for a young lady in Africa or an older man in China. I mean, my parents are from Pakistan, but I was fortunate to be born in Canada. So wait, my cousins that were raised in Pakistan, um, how, where's, where's equality? Where's justice in how you're going to judge us? And so when God began to unpack a thought for me, it's like, son, you're not going to be judged for what you did on earth. You're going to be judged according to what you were supposed to have done on earth. Yeah, what your race is and how you ran your race. You will be judged against that and that only. And so once you find out what eternity is going to measure you against, it's already written in our DNA. It's it there, right? There's things that you and I do that come naturally to us. And it's easy where somebody else has to struggle with those. Well, we're old enough to know what cue cards are. Some of some of the audience might not know what cue cards are, but they're little pieces of paper that people used to write their speeches on and they would take them up on stage, right? And 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 um, we can rock it without cue cards. Some people are gonna struggle. So we know naturally there's cues and clues in our life that point us to what is probably our purpose. Yeah, yes. And there's other people that should probably like never delete that calculator app off their phone because they're no good with numbers. So you probably don't want to be an accountant. Right. But we all have these the, the sense of who we are. And, and so I think that's where it begins is under spend the time figuring that out. And as you figure that out, then you can apply grace like grease and make everything smooth and slippery to help you get into those places and spaces that were hard before. So good. And you know, one of the ways that I know what my race is, is that um, I do genuinely feel because I've been tempted some in the past to not speak anymore or teach because it's just hard. I mean, at the end of the day, like putting together a whole, whole women's retreat, three or four talks, not getting good sleep, traveling to these locations, maybe not getting paid well for it. Um, it can be demanding. It can be exhausting. And sometimes it's nerve wracking. I always overcome the Lord just gives me grace. Like the moment I get on stage, but days leading up to it, depending on how big the audience is, I can like deal with just being like really anxious about it. And I would say even spiritual warfare, which is kind of exhausting. And so there's been times where I'm like, you know, I don't have to do this anymore. I could just stop. And then there's a catch in my spirit that honestly feels like that would be disobedient of me to stop speaking and teaching. Like, there's other gifts I have, like I could sing or I could help in the children's ministry, but those all feel like areas to me that God is like, Meh. if you don't have the bandwidth, don't do it. <laughs> or if you don't want to do it, don't do it. But there's a few things that I can tell are my race because it, it it's, it, there's this little sense of like, I'm going to ask you about this, Rebecca, because you are gifted at this. It is what I've put in front of you. And if you stop doing this, you're going to get to heaven someday. And, you know, of course, it's by Jesus's righteousness that I'm going to get in. But like the parable of the talents, God's going to be like, but this is what I gave you. What did you do with it? Did you bury it? Did you bury it because it was too hard, Rebecca? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, and, and, and it's really interesting. When you look at the parable of the 10 talents, there's this natural um, uh, ability, uh, uh, play on words there, to, to look at uh, well, they doubled four, two became four and five became t 10. Like, look at the reward. But that was not the reward. It wasn't. And, and and it was, that was the outcome. But I think all of us at one point have wondered, why did the person get one for one talent guy? <laughs> it ha I have. I think everybody has wondered that. Right. Why did he get two? And why did the other one get five to begin with? You see, God put seed in people's hands, but why did somebody get five, two, and one? If we can wrestle with that, you will see exponential. And this is one of the things that we talk about on Thursday nights is multiplication. You will see an exponential return on your efforts because the, when you sow one, you can harvest X. But when you sow uh, two, you 
Mm -hmm. 2x or 5x. There's mm -hmm. a multiplier effect. So what's more powerful, the fruit or the seed? Mm -hmm. And this is what it specifically says, no matter what translation you read, and sometimes I don't, I, 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 like, this is actually another chapter in the book, and, and I wish more people would, would, would talk about this in church settings. It says, and God gave them each according to their own ability. Yes. Yep. I began to unpack the word ability. It's okay, God, that person's more more uh, talented than me. Of course, they have more. You gave more ability, and you double their efforts. <laughs> no, no. When, when when you begin to read the word ability, Rebecca, this is what it says: the developed skill. It's God gave the one five because they took the time in advance of that moment. In you advance, handle the of, five. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason why doctors make more because they spend eight to 10 years in their post-secondary, right? Post-high school education, right? Uh, uh, it, it, and when you develop your skill, hmm, God's got no choice but to give you more seed because he says he will give you each according to your own, look yeah. in the Greek, developed ability. Ooh, and so that's, that's what so changes everything, right? Changes, changes everything. everything. So the fact that you practice your craft, right? The fact that you will take the time to study other speakers. The fact that you you fancy yourself to be a speaker, huh? Okay, great. I I just have the sense that you study yourself afterwards. Like, hmm, let me debrief. Did I do this? Could I do this? And it's not from a critical perspective, but it is from an advancing perspective. You probably watch other great speakers. You could probably tell me three of your favorite speakers. Why? Because you're a student. You never took the time to graduate. And that's beautiful. I think if all of us could just never graduate and constantly learn and learn and learn and learn and learn, what will happen? More seed, greater harvest. More seed, greater harvest. More seed, greater harvest. Greater harvest. And, and, and folks, if you're, if you're listening today, uh, I would encourage all of you to evaluate what you believe is your seed. Now figure out a way to develop your seed because here's something really important. In that same chapter 25, the first parable is all about timing. Mm -hmm. it is, this, this is what it talks about. It talks about five virgin, 10 virgins, right? That's what it is, Rebecca, right? 10 mm -hmm. virgins. Mm -hmm. Five were ready. Five were not ready for that moment. There was a, there's a moment coming, and it always comes for us in cycles all the time. But will you be ready when God comes to give you seed to sow? Will you be ready? How do you get ready? Well, five had gone out and prepared mm -hmm. while the other five were not prepared. And this is what it says, Rebecca, about the one talent guy. This is the same chapter, by the way, mm -hmm. about the one talent guy. I was scared. So yep. I did it. Buried it. <laughs> so folks, I'm saying all of that. And I apologize for my mini little sermonette here, but no. I'm saying all of that for this point right here. Okay. This life. Whatever happens, you can either be scared or prepared. Mm -hmm. What are you going to choose to do? Mm. Be scared. Oh, no, it's not going to work out. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to bury what God has given me because I don't believe that I'm good enough anyways. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, you're not fair anyways. Or are you going to give it your best shot? I'm going to prepare up. Because God knows that my moment is coming. I'm not going to give up hope. Whether I'm 31, 38. Oh, wait, here comes Jeff. Looking so cute, Jeff. Okay. And then it happens. And then it happens. Now, folks, you know Rebecca's story, right? And, 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 and your moment is coming. I'm not saying this to artificially inflate your hope. That's not the point. Yeah. Everybody's moment will come, but will you be ready? Yeah. And that is your responsibility until that moment happens. Get ready. Okay. So, oh gosh, we could talk for hours, I think. <laughs> My apologies for going on way too much. It just got me all excited. What is, okay, I know what I think get ready means, but like if you're saying your responsibility is to get ready in an, in a nutshell, if that's possible, what, how does one get ready? Yeah. So uh, a, a principle that, that, that we teach, teach is we all have a responsibility to become better at what we're better at. Hmm. All of us are better at something than someone else. Mm -hmm. Doesn't make us better. It just means that we're, we're naturally inclined mm -hmm. with, you know, uh, don't let me under the hood of your car. I'll probably make it worse. 
but someone else, she, they might get under it, clank, clank, figure it out. Okay, what's going on here? Hook up a di diagnostic computer to it, figure it out, right? Because they're inclined that way. So I, I think one of the ways is to simply develop the skill that you already know. Mm -hmm. And oh, wait, let me pause you real quick, because I know some Christians okay. would say something along the lines of like, okay, so do you mean that I, like to prepare, am I just supposed to be like in the word and in prayer and going to church? Or are we talking about things like take the personality test, go to grad school, like do get the coach, do the things that are going to develop you that maybe don't feel super spiritual. Uh, yes. And yeah. amen. That's it. That. Like, like <laughs> yes. And amen. I'll, 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 I'll frame it another way. And sometimes it's not about skill or ability or spirituality. It just might be about our sweat equity. Mm -hmm. uh, if God gave you a hill and says, there's gold in that hill. Mm -hmm. Isn't it enough that he gave you the hill? You see, find your shovel, get it in the ground. Yeah. If you mm -hmm. daily. I, hear, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you daily take a bite out of that hill with your shovel, mm -hmm. you will secure that goal. Mm -hmm. But are you willing to put in the effort or is God supposed to give you the exact GPS coordinates in that hill? Right, right, right. Oh, this is exactly where it is. Show me the person who knew exactly where it was, when it happened. I have not met that person. There might be some biblical characters like that. I have not met that person on planet Earth because here's another reality. In the universe, in the God-made universe, there's no such thing as a straight line. There's nothing in this world that is a straight line. In, in the entire universe, someone made this argument to me that, hey, light is a straight line. No, no, no. Even over time, it actually bends. <laughs> Light even bends over time, right? Yes. And, and so I'm glad that I have smarter people than me, you know, to, to challenge me on my thoughts. Mm -hmm. uh, if though you, God never made it anything to be a straight line. So yeah, yeah. how do we think we're going to show up and just be like, oh God, I prayed, congratulations. But what does that really mean? It yeah. means that get your shovel out, get yeah. it in the ground, get your yeah. shovel out tomorrow. Get in the ground next month, but I don't see anything. But you will if you keep your shovel in the ground. And the ground. and uh, you know, to me, it's so it's kind of obvious because it's the act of shoveling, so to speak, to use this analogy, that is satisfying, that makes us human, that makes life worth living. It's not, oh, I've hit, finally found the gold. It's more like we were created to grow, create, explore, um, find, work manipulate things not negatively but you know what i mean like the yeah, love it love it the whole uh, everything we're talking about is like what we're here for yeah absolutely <laughs> right? love it what you just said i mean if we if some i almost feel bad for the person that would quote unquote find the gold when they were 25 because now what now what are you gonna do like spend spend your do you know what i'm saying i don't I, and i and i don't mean like oh you've you've hit some financial you know uh, wellness or whatever at a young age. I just mean like whatever the passion is, the gift, the talent that God has given you us to always be developing it and always be learning it and always be applying it is life. Yeah. Um, it, uh, I'm going to share some content that's in my, uh, the, the next book that I'm already writing and, and, yeah. and this one's taking a little longer, but I'm okay with that. Like I, there is this uh, scene, and thank you for going back to Genesis. There's so much goodness when we go back to Genesis. And, and there's a scene where the Holy Spirit is just hovering over the waters. And, 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 and it, 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 the Greek word there, what he's hovering over is chaos. Uh, literally, we all know what that means because we've used the, that word in our English language. Chaos is, simply means out of order, without yeah. order. It says the earth was without void, meaning it was without purpose. It was just there. And sometimes we have found ourselves in our lives or just without void or without purpose, just a lot of disorder. Mm -hmm. And he said, when the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters, this is what he did. He brought cosmos out of chaos, meaning the very thing that is causing us pain is the very thing that God will use to bring order out of disorder. And he creates purpose out of our pain. And we've heard that cliche before, 
but ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, I, I assure you that that is still a pattern that exists today. And there's two more stages that you'll see to bridge us right back to Matthew 25. You see, uh, and, and I'll fast forward to there. When, when in Matthew 25, when the parable of the 10 virgins and the groomsmen came, there's another word that's used there. It's called kairos. It's the appointed moment, the appointed time for something to happen in your life. And we all have multiple kairos moments in mm -hmm. our life. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to paint a picture for you here. So we go from chaos to cosmos. Right. So we go from disorder to order. And then we jump one step and we go to the appointed time, which is Kairos, mm. right? It's a God appointment and we have multiple in our lives. The question is, yeah. will we be ready? And this is the bridge between order and an appointed time. The step in between, chronos, chronology, meaning time. What you do in between yeah. figuring it out and your appointed time, is so critical because how you use that time when it's downtime, athletes will tell you that the most important season is the preseason. It's when they're prepping when nobody sees and yeah. nobody cares. Where's yeah. the power in the seed? When it's buried yeah. in the ground, when nobody sees and nobody cares. But that's the power when you go from uh, this journey of, and if you're in that journey and you're step one of, of, of chaos, I assure you, as the Holy Spirit hovers over your life, there will be cosmos. And I assure you that as you use your time properly, it will bridge you to your Kairos moment. Yes, amen. Okay, so when does that book come out? Ah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> no, it sounds ah, great. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm look, I'll put it to you this way. I'm looking forward to reading the finished product as well. I've had to... <laughs> Uh, change it so many times that uh, it's just constant downloads, constant downloads. But I'm taking my time with this one. The first one we want to get to market, you know, get it out there and, you know, just make a little bit of a, a bit of noise with some of the good stuff that we were developing on Thursday night. So, so it's out there. Uh, wow. It's called Well Done. But the second one, I, I'm I'm really taking my time to nurture it properly. If you want to answer this question, it's up to you. What is God teaching you right now? Oh, man. So... <laughs> I have this question that I ask people that I care about in my life. And I ask them this question all the time. And people look look at me because they know I'm about to ask a question. They're like, no, not today. Um, I, ask, I ask them this question. What was the very last thing that God said to you? The reason why I ask that is just kind of like a checkup. Hey, when was the last time you're, you, you just chilled with him to allow him to speak to you instead of you telling him, what's up? Let him speak to you, yes. right? And so when you ask me, when you ask me that question, uh, the difference between sacrifice and tolerance oh, is this something is what that is teaching you right now. The difference yeah. Sacrifice and tolerance. Okay. Explain yeah. that. Well, um, I, I, for, uh, I, I'm learning in this season that sacrifice is not giving what you have most of, but sacrifice is giving what you have the least of. Well, yeah. Uh, you know what I have the, the least of? Time. Mm. I'm pretty packed in my life because I'm dual role. Like I, uh, I write for a business magazine and I, and, and I'm, I'm their media host. So I do all their large podcasts. I ho host events for like three, 4,000 people. And, uh, you know, my name's out there a little bit in the Canadian space for, for, for what I do in, in a, in a business setting. So I get to take all those great learnings from huge business minds and apply them to the kingdom. But then I have the, the ministry side and I have a couple of other things that are trying to write a book. Mm -hmm. I, a lot of people that I, you know, I'm involved in their lives uh, from a mentorship perspective. Just, I'm full right now. I'm mm -hmm. tired sometimes. Mm -hmm. If I'm being honest, Rebecca, like, mm -hmm. I, I go to bed and like, where did this day go? It's like I just, mm -hmm. I don't have time. But when somebody calls me, mm -hmm. how dare I stop mm -hmm. and stop them and say, "Sorry, I don't have time." Mm -hmm. Like, if I submit something uh, uh, 20 minutes later. I'm going to choose people over that. Yeah. Is that a good approach or a bad approach? I don't know, but like but sometimes. But you need to learn right now from God. I mean, there might be somebody else who God is telling you, you need to tell people no and learn how to rest. But what he's telling you is. Me. me. So yeah, that's, that's a very crucial distinction. This is what he's saying to me. And this is what the difference was 
when I uh, began to unpack this a little bit is uh, you can create your checklist. God isn't checking your list. He's checking your heart. Yeah, yeah. Where's your heart in what you do? Because if your heart isn't in it anyways, it doesn't matter. Doesn't Give with a joyful heart. But, you know, when we, we, we generally ascribe that to giving of a monetary value. Uh, it, it's it's in reference to resources that are available. But if you give you your time, but you're doing it begrudgingly, mm-hmm. don't do it. And yeah. I think that's what God was teaching me more specifically. Are you tolerating people by mm-hmm. giving them your time? Because then it's not even worth it. Right. But if you're sacrificing out of love, are you doing it out of love or out of duty? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the bifurcation and the delineation that I'm learning is living to learning to live life by sacrifice because it's a heart thing, not mm-hmm. tolerate because it's a checkbox mm-hmm. item. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning the difference there. Yes, that's so good. God called you out on your tolerance of people <laughs> in a bad way. You know, your tolerance of yes. like, let me put up with you because it's the right thing to do. Or even because in some ways it makes me look good or kind of feel good to like be all things to all people. But yeah, if your heart's not in it and and you're not doing it for the right reasons, then those works are, I mean, it makes me think of the verse, if I have not love, it's a clanging, oh, it's a sounding gong or something like that, right? Is that the verse? Yeah. 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 Good. That's good stuff. Even though you're tired, God is like, will you sacrifice? Mm. Instead of tolerate, right? It yeah. changes, it changes everything. But I got a question for you. Like, I, I know we're supposed to, you know, do this reverse, right? But, but, but like, uh, what is it that you're in pursuit of? Like, what is it that you're after? Mm. Like in my business and ministry or just in my personal life or both? Blank statement, blank okay. statement, right? Like, what are you in pursuit of? There's a lot that comes to my mind when you say that. I mean, I'm in pursuit of always learning. I love to learn, always growing, always experiencing new things. Um, I'll constantly feel like this world is just a world to be, to learn more about God and other people is just kind of how he's wired me. So, you know, if I'm not kind of always on the edge of like, well, this is new, or I haven't done this, or I haven't tried this, then it just doesn't really feel um, authentic, I guess, to how God made me or who I am. So there's that always in pursuit of knowing the word better and truth more deeply, because I really, 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 really see it just sounds so cliche to say this, but like so many women, I work with women specifically, um, are believing so many lies I mean, they're getting worse and worse over time. They're not getting better. And I know that freedom is this way. Like, I know that joy is this way. Purpose is this way. Peace is this way, meaning like on the straight and narrow, right? Right. Um, And so I'm constantly, my brain is constantly working on how do I refute these lies? What's the best argument to get women to understand that like new age spirituality, for example, is not the way. It's not the way. Um, How do I best get women to understand that, um, if you make your children an idol or your husband an idol, like it's not the way those things together. And then, and then my third thought would be just Jesus himself. I mean, if I go a day or two and I'm not in literally like, where are you Lord? I'm going to go get in my prayer closet, which is that closet right there, by the way, I will like open <laughs> that closet door and close the door. And, and so that's a practical pursuit of like, where are you Lord? Okay. There you are. He's there all the time, but you know, until we get present and calm right. ourselves and we feel the power of his presence. Um, I mean, honestly, that one, the like, where are you? I need to be with you today is the pursuit that I will never end. And that is the most important to me. You did it right. Like I'm fortunate in what I do with the magazine. We did this one thing called the billionaire series. And uh, I got to interview four or five Canadian billionaires. Now we don't have as many as you, you all do in the States, but we got our share and uh, kicking out their learnings mm-hmm. and you find patterns 
in certain mindsets. Mm-hmm. It, it's nothing to do with their um, financial accomplishments, but people celebrate billionaires. That's fine. Yeah. But the pattern that I saw is what you just expressed. On this constant journey, mm-hmm. like we, we're not going to arrive until we arrive uh, 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 up there. And, and I love the pattern that you just displayed. This is this con- continuous improvement, this constant journey, this constant. Uh, when do we ever land? Like, when do we ever, like, as yeah. soon as you get that cottage on the lake, I'm not sure if boy, it, 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 up here in the area that I live in, a cottage on the lake is like, you made it. Because, okay. uh, yeah, we we got, uh, you know, a great area called Muskoka, just north of Toronto that everybody, like, flocks to like Hollywood comes up here. It's just anyways. Uh, but a good friend of mine has a, a cottage in that area, rather large. And he's always, com- that was always was his dream. And he's always complaining about the upkeep. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. But I, that's I, what you always wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't know if just by God's grace, he kind of revealed that to me in at a younger age. Yes, I want sure i would love uh we want a house with acreage i want animals i want if i was going to go on the earthly scale of what are you pursuing i would love to speak to stadiums of women someday you know like put me on the biggest stage get make me a best selling author sure and i can even write those things down as like business goals you know mm-hmm. but god revealed to me through, I think all my years of singleness and having to repeatedly let him be enough for me because there was nothing else There was no husband. There was no kids. There wasn't the validation of being married. You know, for so many years, he had to be enough for me. And he was, you know, he satisfied me. I had to go there in my mind over and over and over and be like, I I mean, I don't, I don't actually know how it all fits together spiritually, but what I can sit here and say is even if I had, you are the, you know, most famous female Christian speaker or teacher in the country right now. Okay, but if that at all pulled me away from the prayer call, the presence of God, I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want it. And because I have the presence of God right now to the fullest extent, whenever I want it and however much I want it, all of those things are totally secondary. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And we'll see a, a bit of an angle when you hear prayer to leverage the presence of God to deliver presence to our being and presence meaning gifts. Right. And, and and is it enough to just have his presence is like, that's, it's such a beautiful place, right? It's just such a beautiful place to be able to have a father God, like right here. Like we can just chill right now. Like it, it's amazing when you, we can have those well, moments. It's the best thing. Like, yes, it would be uh, really cool. It's really amazing to be married, but it's still the best thing when I'm, you know, the Bible tells us the fullness of joy is found in his presence. Okay. That's not a lie. That's not a lie. So do I get joy out of business accomplishments or nice income or my husband, or, you know, we're taking a trip to London, which is one of my favorite cities in the world, ton of joy out of those things. But again, the most joy that I get, the most peace that I get is in his presence, which I can get right now, whenever I want and wherever I want. It's beautiful what you're saying. You've not once said that there's anything wrong with those things. Mm-mm. Nothing wrong with those things. Go get yours and ensure that you have your prayer closet. Man, I got to get a door around here too, man. Like I, I feel like I'm, I need to be a little bit more righteous and look for a door to, to uh, go in and out of my prayer closet. Where's my prayer closet? My little closet. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's that, you know, all those things are good things and I even want them. And there are occasional times where I really struggle. Like, Oh my gosh, my friend just, you know, got X, Y, and Z and I didn't. And so it's not like my heart doesn't struggle sometimes. Uh, it's less and less over time because the Lord is shaping the idolatry of my heart. But it, it's just so true that he's the best thing, that he's the best thing. And it's like, you know, the more that we just accept that, I don't, I don't know what you think about this because you, you obviously drive people to kind of like become the most and do the most. And, you know, I don't think that that acceptance and that settling into like, but I already have the best thing. I don't think that takes the edge off of my desire to grow, learn, build, even earn. 
some people might think that does, oh my gosh, you're just so satisfied and content. Like, why would you ever work? Or why would you ever pursue new things? That that doesn't happen to me. It doesn't shut down my desire. It, it just makes me long to help other people get it even more. If that makes sense. There is this uh, scripture that talks about having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the the inverse and the opposite of what you're saying is when we say that um, what we have, well, God is enough. Mm -hmm. And we would agree. Amen. Mm -hmm. God is enough. Okay. Mm. Okay. Mm. Then why you still got that desire in you for X, Y, Z? Why is this this yearning within you to still do X, Y, Z, even when you're fully on the God juice, right? Like you, you it's in mm -hmm. you. Let's go, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're hanging out with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And still there's this desire for more in our nature. He said, go take, go take dominion in, in Genesis. Love go it. take dominion over this land like only you mm -hmm. can. And name a bunch of animals if you if you want to while you're at it. Change things up, switch it up. Let's uh, go take ownership of the gift that I gave you. And inside of all of us, there's like we want our plot our plot of land with animals, mm -hmm. and, and we want our acreage with the house. And what's wrong with that? Mm -hmm. That's wired within us for uh, 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 my my dominion that I want to take will not include animals. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I That's not my thing, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know, farm. What do you mean there's a guy, I got a cow and a chicken. Congratulations. That might be dinner for me later. I apologize. But like, <laughs> like, like, what, what, like, that doesn't do it for me, but what does it for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's stopping you? And, and, and unfortunately, I think both you and I have heard people hide behind their Christianity yes. so they don't go pursue yes. the reality of the other elements that God has also, we're so multifaceted and multidimensional in the this amazing creation that God made us to be. And wouldn't it just be amazing as we tap into all the other areas? That's why my ministry isn't to not getting believers to become Christians. I reach out to people if in an active way of dormant Christians. Uh, you're probably familiar with the Pareto Principle right mm -hmm. which yeah. is simply okay the, so there's this uh, uh Pareto principle affects society work and churches it, it, this is what it, it, it it's uh predicated on it's saying 20 percent of the people do 80 percent of the work mm -hmm. in most organizations mm -hmm. it's saying 20 percent of the people do 80 percent of the giving 20% of the people do 80% of the serving and that now check the church that you attend, you know, as you're listening in, in today, check the church that you, you attend, you'll find that it's roughly, is it exact math? No, but there's a smaller proportionate number of people doing a greater proportion of mm. the work, maybe not in your own home because it's, you know, small steps because there's maybe two, three, four, five people. But if you have more than, if you got, Four kids or more, I assure you, you'll see that principle at work. One of the kids is doing more of their, more of their share and somebody's not doing their share at all. It's just kind of how things work. And if we could get, if we could just increase that number in our church to just get five more percent more active yes. out of that lukewarm life and step yes. into real life, because yes. they're going to look lukewarm. Look, this is going to sound harsh, but I'm going to say it. If you allow the lukewarm to exist, to exist, man, you're allowing that person to go to hell because they're not making it in eternity. God said he's going to spit them out of his mouth. And that's scary to me, Rebecca. Mm. That scares me. It's so sobering that I could be the very one that he spits out of his mouth because I'm taking plays off or taking days off or just chilling. You know what? I'll get to that. I'll get to that. See, procrastination always leads to the assassination of the motivation that we feel in the moment that God gives us obedience. Obedience was always meant to be immediate in nature. Yes. 
And so how do we help people activate? Because there's a real reckoning awaiting all of us. How much time do we really have? See, I'm a firm believer that Judgment Day is literally, everyone's waiting for this apocalyptical, revelational, book of revelations moment where this, you know, there's fire and all this stuff, right? And, and, and I'm not, I'm not uh, discounting anybody that studies the book of Revelation, but we're waiting for this moment. But I assure you, your judgment day is right now because we're not guaranteed another second. Right, right, like, right. Oh, wait, what was that? Something just happened. Oh, people just died. People just yeah. died. Yeah. Uh, hundreds of people are dying uh, around the world every second. Mm. Oh, that means they just, because you can't add a second. Nope. You can't add another moment. Mm. We don't know when our judgment See, mm. it's not this elusive judgment day that is coming right. Right. Uh, at the end of times. It's the end of our life that we should be more concerned about than yeah. that revelational moment. How are you living until that moment? And I'm going on again way too much. I apologize. I'll just okay. back up. Yeah. Uh, I'll just back up here. I love it. And I love that you are direct. And I mean, I I sometimes wish I, I am in my head, but I, at the coach and the like, little bit of counselor in me, I tend to try to be, can, how can I deliver this softly? But there, there are moments when I like get off stage or I hang up from a coaching call or whatever, that I'm just like, can I, can I shake you? Can I be more direct about this? Has anybody ever called you out on X, Y, and Z? Wow. Um, and, and I think that, that, you know, we need to do that sometimes. I think we absolutely need to do that sometimes. And I love your passion for people I mean, I, I, to me, I would kind of sum it up as, and we will wrap it up here. Um, I would kind of sum it up as you, yeah, making sure that people aren't lukewarm, right? Like, come on, Christians. It's not okay to be lukewarm. What has God created you for? How can I help you either discover that or lean into that? Um, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm picking up on. How would you? Is that what God has called you to do? Is there's a scripture that uh, we, I find that most people, and it's in my, my limited experience, I won't universalize this, but most people, when they read the scripture about, um, uh, he is like a man who looks in a mirror, looks away, and immediately forgets what he looks like. Mm -hmm. That's not somebody else. That's all of us. Mm -hmm. All of us on a daily basis are subject to, you see, I, I, I'm learning more and more that sin is simply a function of forgetting who we are. Because mm. if we remember who we are, mm. we'll, we, we'll, we'll, we'll forget to sin. Mm. And so again, sin is simply a function of forgetting who we are. So constantly reminding ourselves of who we are, what we are called to do, and stick around people that will hold us accountable to those statements that we boldly and brashly make, maybe on a Sunday. Uh, but as we remember more and more who we are, see, we're all subject to being that person who looks in the mirror, looks away, mm -hmm. and immediately forgets. Mm -hmm. So what of the people that remember? Mm -hmm. See, folks, the fact that you're taking the time to listen in Rebecca's podcast today because you're trying to see yourself you're trying to remind yourself okay where's God at where yeah. am I at in God see you're yeah. already the tip of the spear the fact that you're listening in today kudos to you because like not the average person isn't going to just log in but you did you took the time and because you took the time do you think that God will also take the time yeah yeah he's taking the time for you he's making the time for you and yeah. he's looking for you yes and if this has stirred up anything in any of your hearts, like, I love what you said about the fact that um, obedience is always meant to be immediate. Um, you know, the number we, the number one thing that we can do that you can do is to just beg God to help you with this stuff. You know, if it's stirred up in your heart, I don't want to be lukewarm. I want to know what my passion is. I want to know what my calling is. Like I'm picking up on what these guys are saying, but I don't know how God like immediately like pray turn it off and pray. Like when we beg God and mean it, right? If your heart is like activated and you mean it, he has always answered me, right? Like he comes through and he, uh, a willing and, and honest plea, the Lord does not ignore. So as you guys have listened today, and as we get ready to wrap it up here, by the way, I will put links to, um, 
your website, your books, where people can find you. So if anybody's interested in learning more about my amazing guest today and his organization, um, check the show notes and you can learn everything that you need to learn there. But yeah, I'm just going to wrap it up with that thought of like, you know, more than anything, I hope that this, this has almost been like a two way, I don't want to say sermon, but just something that has sparked in you truth and a desire for more to, to make your life more about God and live it boldly for God. And if you're feeling that at all, even in a mysterious way, just obey whatever obedience means for you. You have any last thoughts for my people? It's simply this, you're worth it. Mm. You're absolutely worth it. If you weren't, then why is he giving you oxygen? Mm -hmm. Why are you still struggling? Because you're struggling to find it. Mm -hmm. Don't stop. Uh, oh. I firmly believe that the, I firmly, I think we all believe the word of God. And mm. when it says seeking, you will find it's mm. just a matter of time. Keep looking, keep digging with your shovel. Mm. You'll find it. You're worth it. You're going to find your goal. Friend, you listened all the way through to the end. <laughs> I know enough about podcasts to know that must mean that you liked it. If you did like it, can I just ask you really quick to do a favor? Rate or review this podcast. Maybe share it with a friend. Maybe text it to them or share it on social media. This content is blessing women and helping them grow. And ultimately, yes, we want to grow the show. We want to grow the community because we want to grow the kingdom of God. You can help us get truth out there by doing any of those things that I just mentioned. And also don't forget to check the show notes. There'll be links to everything that we talked about in today's episode, as well as links to my website directly. If you're interested in Christian life coaching, you can book a free discovery call. If you're interested in having me speak at an event to your women, you can book a free networking call with me and we'll chat. All right, guys, I'll see you next Monday.